Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie. And on this episode, we are doing the 35th Best Picture winner, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, that's right. We're back. New Year, same us, actually, I frankly. I, eh. <laughs> I would love to be able to say that I'm a new person, but alas, You're, Depending I on uh, listener opinion of us, that's either good or bad. Yeah. Uh, don't don't tell us. <laughs> we'll, we'll just pretend it's, it's what fine. we want it to be. Um, <laughs> Anyway, as Ian said, we are back to canon episodes. We are doing Lawrence of Arabia. It is a 1962 British historical epic based on the life of T.E. Lawrence, who was a very prominent figure during World War I in the Middle Eastern theater. Mm -hmm. It is directed by David Lean, who we will remember as the director of Bridge on the River Kwai. That actually was a movie that I was pretty much on board with. A little foreshadowing After it. So just going to leave it at that. I think we'll talk a lot about, maybe not a lot, but we'll definitely talk about David Lean's directing and his proclivity for really long-spanning historical epics that are 80% beautiful landscape-wide shot. Okay, there were some really gorgeous shots in here. No, but... they're beautiful. Like he, <laughs> his, his movies are, I will give, like, no matter what I think of any other aspect of his movies... His movies are always stunningly beautiful. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Again, more f- foreshadowing. So, <laughs> uh, This movie in particular depicts Lawrence's experiences in the Ottoman Empire when he was bringing a lot of the uh, more disparate, is, that's the right word, right? Disparate. I, I, the I disparate, don't, agree with disparate. Um, Arab tribes together in order to rise up against the Ottoman Empire and fight along the British during World War I. Mm-hmm. And it particularly looks at his attacks on Aqaba and Damascus and his involvement in the Arab National Council. Now, from my reading, its historical accuracy is questionable. I am not surprised. There's definitely, I think, you know, as far as like the portrayal of Lawrence as an individual, because he did become this kind of mythic figure. Mm -hmm. Shades of Grey, I think, are to be expected there. I think maybe questionably whether or not Lawrence as a person and his personality being accurately depicted, that being in question, I'm not surprised about. I think that's Mm -hmm. pretty much the case with every uh, biopic ever. Yeah, it's Um, literally built off of the perception of this person. you are making a movie, so the person does need to be a character. Right. Um, As far as historical accuracy on, like, who exactly was involved with what and maybe like the se- a little bit on the sequence of events or like if something had already happened that they like allude to in the background like that seems like it's a little hazy a little up in the air maybe some artistic license was taken yeah but i would argue the goal of this film was not to care it's not a documentary exactly yeah it's so like that's not something that i would say is a strike against it i just always like yeah. to put that out there for people because basically what i'm saying is if you get in an argument with your friends on the world war two or the world war one <laughs> middle eastern theater lawrence of arabia is not your source bad material reference. you want to bad reference be using to back up your argument <laughs> it was nominated for 10 oscars and won seven david lean won for best director peter o'toole was nominated for best actor but didn't win thank god i think we're both okay with that Omar Sharif was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but didn't win. Oh, fuck that. That is a crime. (laughs) Omar (laughs) Sharif is, I think, by far the most interesting. His character is the most interesting character in the film, and I think his performance is the best performance. I'm there with you. King Faisal. uh, Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness, yes. It's Alec Guinness. He's always good, but it's so hard to Uh, fully. Because he's so white. (laughs) Because 
Yeah. He's so white and he's supposed to be playing a Middle Eastern man. Exactly. Like, Why? So whether or not his performance uh, is good is always going to be tainted by that fact. Yes. Yeah. They did this multiple times. So it's multiple times. It is something we have seen in a lot of movies. It is sadly something you still sometimes see in movies. Blows my mind. Agreed. Just blanket statement that there is a lot of, of whitewashed casting in this and that is bad. Yeah. And creative interpretation of, like, Arab representation, I would argue, too. So, again, not a documentary, and we recognize and wish that it had done better, but it didn't. Yeah. And I'm sad We could do whole episodes on that. It would just be us repeating the same thing over and over again. (laughs) Yeah. It was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Maurice Jarre won for Best Original Score. Yes, please. I'm on board with that, even though To Kill a Mockingbird also came out this year, and I'm a huge fan of To Kill a Mockingbird score. Yeah, but, but this I is will, such a it grand, such a sweeping, like, complimentary well, composition. the one thing, too, Ugh. I will say about this score is they drop it out at the right moment. They really too. do. So, um, I like, I'm not mad at that one. Uh, Frederick A. Young also won for Best Cinematography. Not at all surprised. Same. It won for Best Art Direction. Anvi Coates won for Best Film Editing. And it won for Best Sound. Other nominees from that year, To Kill a Mockingbird, which I mentioned, which is, disclaimer, one of my all-time favorite movies. And if you want to hear me talk about that movie more in depth, I guessed it on uh, Cinemusts, where I got to talk about it. So you should all go listen to that episode if you haven't. Well, and, and their episodes in general. It's an awesome yes, podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, also, The Longest Day, The Music Man, and the 1962 remake of Mutiny on the Bounty, which I'm okay with that not having one, but also I think that would have been a really interesting episode. It really would have, because it would have been a direct... I want to know how they would have done the middle part. Maybe we do that as a special episode. Ooh, that would be very good. Like, yes, be very I think we're doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is also number five on AFI's Best Movies original list, and then was bumped to number seven on the revised list, and it is number three on the British Film Institute's top movies list. Ian looks dissatisfied by this. I'm kind of with him on that. I think we both feel about this movie in that, like, you can't say it's a bad movie. Like, it's a good movie. absolutely of cinematic value. Yes. It was not compelling to me at all. Yes. It is objectively well done, and- the components are all there, but there's some stuff that just like for us personally as viewers fell flat. Yeah. And I know. And I, actually, it's really kind of if I boil it down to like it could I could boil it down to like maybe two things and only one of them is like a major thing. But it is like a hugely important part of the movie. And that is the character of Laura. Yes. And I was going to say, I talk a big game about caring about plot usually, but I'm finding more and more that I actually do care about being invested in characters. Maggie is oh, I converted him. <laughs> so happy. And that, that was kind of my problem too, where I understood objectively what Lawrence was doing. I could understand his stated reasons for doing what he was doing, but like I had no vested interest in him actually accomplishing anything. I'll I'll save this because I I thought actually pretty long and hard about why I didn't like his character because Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people whose opinions of film I very much respect Mm -hmm. that adore this movie. So it really made me analyze and think about why I didn't Mm -hmm. and We'll get into it. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Last little bit of background. This movie was heavily influenced by John Ford's The Searchers, which we have also covered. 
And I if was you think definitely about it, getting oh, some yeah. Western and vibes. it's like it's like hardcore stated that David Lean was like heavily influenced mm-hmm. by it. And there are definitely some shots that are so reminiscent of the searchers in particular, like there's one of them on camels along the ridge top yeah. where they just kind of appear up there and like one person appears and then another and then another. And it's very much like a scene out of the searchers. And I mean, the cinematography is great, like yes. searchers and, and it's those beautiful wide landscape shots of just this expansive, vast like, expanse. Yeah. So it was shot in Jordan, Morocco, and Spain. And originally, what I was reading was they kind of want to do like the whole thing in mm-hmm. the Middle East, but then they started having like budget concerns. Oh, I'm not surprised. Unsurprisingly, because I mean, it's entirely filmed outside, which like can be one of the harshest things on like dragging on filming and like right, right. upping a butt or, or just bloating a film budget. So they ended up taking some of it to Spain. Mm-hmm. I think some of the it it wouldn't have surprised me if some of the like British base office things were in Spain. It was, was it like, was mostly interiors. I'm pretty sure I saw some of these places. Anyway, <laughs> it was a lot of a lot of interiors were shot in Spain. Interesting, mm-hmm. thanks to that Moorish influence. Yep. So anyway, I think if you're good with background, let's jump yeah, into watch and notes. Let's just kind of let everyone know how we're going to break this down. We're yeah. actually going to break this into two episodes, kind of how we did with our Gone with the Wind episode. It's almost a four hour movie because so... this is almost a four hour movie. And unlike Ben-Hur, which was also like a four-hour movie, there's a little bit more of like two distinct segments for Mm this. Um, We're not breaking it exactly where intermission is, but we're kind of going to talk about it as in like pre-Akaba and post-Akaba. That we are. Yeah. So let's get into our pre-Akaba segment. Sounds good. So I actually loved the way that this movie opened. And I so when you talk about the opening, are you talking just about the motorcycle accident or are you also talking about the funeral? I'm talking about the funeral as well. Okay, because I was going to say, frankly, I don't know if you actually needed the motorcycle accident. You 100 percent did not. I mean, it was filmed kind of cool because you're like the camera's like sitting on the handlebars of Mm -hmm. the motorcycle and everything and you have the crash. But like, honestly, well, I don't think we needed it. I feel like it aided a little bit in the character development, or at least the introduction of Lawrence, because we see that he is this daredevil, doesn't give a fuck sort of person. Because he's like tearing down these country roads. Because he thinks he's roads, fucking and he's invincible, invincible, and, and he he's finally not... found his uh, consequences. Um, <laughs> the first consequences he faces at any time in the film. Yeah. <laughs> his yeah. death. And it's at the beginning. But when you move to the funeral part of it, this I, I love the like everybody had conflicted views on him and it's like you could not tease apart like the myth versus who so, he really was. I did like that because it was setting up. So here's the thing. Initially, I loved it and I got really excited because I was like, oh, we're basically going to see all of these different sides of Lawrence and it'll kind of be like, which one is the real Lawrence? Because you get people who are like, oh, he just did it for the spotlight. He loved the spotlight. He would do anything for the spotlight. You get people who are like, he was terrible. He didn't know what he was doing. He like got a lot of people killed. You have people who are like, Mm -hmm. he was the greatest man. Anybody who says a word against him is wrong. And I like that setup and it made me really excited for this idea that we were getting this like really nuanced, complicated character that we did not see shades of for the majority of the movie. The majority of the movie, he was very one tone, and then he did kind of a 360, and then, like, but nothing came of it. I mean, not a 360, a 180. <laughs> <laughs> he did a 180, and then it became a 360 by the end. It did. Like, it, it just, did. I, I loved the setup, but I didn't think it was quite delivered on. 
I think they definitely like tried, but I think there could have been a little bit more in the delivery of it. Totally with you. And I, I would have liked to have seen a wider variety of perceptions of his actions, if that makes sense. It was a lot of saying, this is what he did, and not a lot of, this is what I think about what he did. And so You got people just mostly being like, I like him or I didn't like him. Yeah, and that's not... There wasn't a lot of like full critique, but people were very polar on it. So he was clearly a very like polarizing mm-hmm. individual and personality. Yeah. So anytime on this episode when I say like Lawrence was, I'm talking about like the character of Lawrence in this movie. I don't know enough about the real life Lawrence, mm-hmm. nor have I read enough to really know. My dad, who has read a lot, said that he thought that the movie was pretty accurate in his personality, but I was like, okay. But I don't, huh. I have I have no argument to stand by that because I just don't know enough. So we get that like very brief introduction there, and we immediately get an introduction to him back in, I believe it was Cairo at this point. Mm-hmm. So He's at a base. Drawing a map. Honestly, that looked like super relaxing time to me. It I was did, like, oh my God, I want to trace but still. coastlines in blue ink <laughs> while I chat with somebody. But it, it moves pretty quickly to him being asked to go and do this mission to understand what's going on with um, a, I guess it would be kind of like a group of. They say a Bedouin tribe. Yeah, a Bedouin tribe. Thank so, you. Tribe was what yes, I was looking yeah. for. And so we get some introductions to him where he's like, oh, he's scholarly. And the way he comports himself gives you this like air of Claude Rains's character, who I'm not 100% sure why he was there, honestly, who's like thinks very highly of him. And then you, you think have in this. Dryden, the, is that Dryden? The one that's kind of like the lawyer type in the room. Yeah. yeah Claude Rains. Dryden. He's um, the best. I love Claude Rains. The cast is phenomenal in this. Whether or not they're used appropriately <laughs> is a different discussion. <laughs> Um, but then there's also the commanding officer who like doesn't like Lawrence. So we already get a little bit of that like, but the way they characterized the guy who didn't like Lawrence, he was just so needlessly belligerent that I was like, man, I thought you were going to set up that like, oh, like people have differing opinions of Lawrence because Lawrence is really nuanced. And I was like, you're just a belligerent man. Yeah. Like you're just making the people who didn't like Lawrence seem like super mean and belligerent. And they back off on that later in the movie. They make, they do give you some Mm -hmm. people who like you very much like who are very skeptical of Lawrence or kind of really liked him to begin with, but then start to question him a little bit. So they, they don't do that the whole movie, but right off the bat when they did that, I was kind of like, Oh, same. It's my opinions of him here. were very sympathetic. I'm like, Ooh, you seem like you might be an interesting person. Your affect is off putting. I got really annoyed because he was so soft spoken that I kept having to turn up the volume and then the (laughs) score would come in and be really loud. And I'd have to turn down the volume. Scared. I was like, God damn it, Lawrence project. (laughs) That's amazing. Man, so, that's what it's like, though, editing my own voice on the podcast sometimes, though. It's you just have passion, oh, especially when no. in, in horror films. Um, <laughs> I just likened myself to Lawrence. I know. It's fine. You can have that one thing in common. I don't want it. <laughs> so we know he's going off on a mission to go find this tribe, King Faisal. And he's very interested in this. Very. He is clearly very interested in the culture and you get the sense that Lawrence has read a lot about the areas that he's mm-hmm. going to and the and people I'm, that he's going to. I'm pretty sure that's why Dryden was like, he's a yes, good person But it's for this. all very clearly book knowledge. Like there's not personal experience with it. It's stuff that he's read, mm-hmm. stuff he's been told. So you get that he has the curiosity, he just doesn't have the experience. Mm-hmm. So a lot of his time with his original guide is him kind of learning a little bit more of the practicality and it shows kind of like his naivete 
Yes. Despite all of this and like all of the shit that happens there, he still doesn't learn to listen to the people who are from the area. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's delve into this section for a minute. To take it in a 360 for a minute. Um I meant a 180. 180. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie you know what's really sad? <laughs> we both went to a technical institute. <laughs> okay. So to go to the cinematography for a hot second, yes. the introduction to this sequence I thought was simultaneously gorgeous, but also too long. Yeah, this that is, is the, the David Lean signature. He loves a beautiful shot, but he loves the to sunrise linger on those. with the score yes. was amazing, it's great. but it, it was 30 been... seconds too long. Yes. <laughs> yes, agreed. I... It's the thing is, it's like because David Lean does that with every single wide shot, landscape shot in his movies. That it eventually, tiresome. eventually, those additional thirty seconds add up. I, I should well, the snarky part of me that's like, is like this movie could have been an hour shorter had you been a little more judicious with your uh, mm-hmm. long shots. Well, actually, um, there were a couple of times where there was some actual dialogue scenes or like some action happening that I was like, man, could you have spent a little less time on that like wide shot earlier and like giving me like 30 more seconds of this conversation because I was like starting to get really invested. Or 30 more seconds of the Battle of Aqaba. That was built up for the entire first half. Oh my God. Okay. We'll get to that. But we we do get an introduction to his guide and him on camelback mm-hmm. kind of popping up into the frame uh, yeah. on a sand he, dune. He's not riding very well. But he's a quick study. And yeah. so I did like that they were able to show how quickly he kind of molded himself to fit in with the people he was with. Even or if he didn't listen to what they said on the, on the surface level. It's like he he's a quick study, but he thinks he's a quicker study than he is. Yes. And there's a scene in particular that I think later highlights that, mm-hmm. which is actually the first time Lawrence had consequences, but they seemed to give no lasting impression on him. Yes. And it happens towards the end of the movie, too. Yeah, it's great. But anyway, <laughs> in the scene, we we get some examples of that where it's like, uh you drink no when do you when are you gonna drink okay i'll drink when you drink meaning lawrence is gonna just go dehydrated until his guide also drinks which but why it but why it's one of those things where you're like dude you're not used to this also you're not dressed for this yeah there's a lot of i even know that i was like he his neck is gonna be so freaking sunburned there's a scene later where there's a british army officer in shorts and i was like Sir, your pasty legs <laughs> cannot stand up to that heat. Like, that sun is going to fry you. Yeah, they come from much higher latitudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I have to say, the thing with the robes, it's like you have to wear them because you have to cover up because otherwise you're going to get sunburned and you can get like sun poisoning, which is like super bad. But also, can you imagine wearing that many layers in hot weather? Even if they're made of very thin, breathable fabric, it would still drive me insane. I have heard... That it is more comfortable to be under the fabric than under the sun. Oh, well, duh. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm saying I don't know if either would be comfortable to me. Well, we never said it was going to be that, but. I, so. I'm not built for super warm climbs, nor am I built for super cold climbs. I am a temperate person. <laughs> well, why do you live through. in the South? <laughs> anyway, in the sequence, we do get to like interesting scenes where there's a little mm-hmm. bit of development. First, as Maggie put it, Lawrence pulls up, I'm not like other girls. Yes, he does. He gives an I'm not like other girls speech. And I literally stopped watching and paused the movie and texted you. And I was like, oh, my God, 
I think Lawrence just gave an I'm not like other girls speech. Oh, it's because his guide is like, oh, it's a fat country. Or who said it was a fat country? But he's like. Lawrence says that England's a fat country. And the guide's like, you're not fat. And he's like, I'm not. I'm not not like the rest of them. And I was like, Lawrence, you are though. Uh, Now, the second scene I actually really did like. Because it it did show that Lawrence had some of this like political savvy and interpersonal skills. Because he Mm -hmm. hands over his gun before the guide gets him where he needs to go. Yeah. So it's kind of like this trust building exercise. So I don't know, that like Lent put me more in his camp. All of my perception of the first half of this movie is I think colored he gave by the, the I'm not like point. I think he gave the I'm not like other girls speech and I was like, I fucking hate you. I was like, okay, I'll let it's it pass for now. It's a big pet peeve of mine. It's it's like my favorite thing to like rag on. Rag on in yes. movies and spoof in movies and stuff. Yes. Yeah. But they get part of way through their journey, and this is when we finally get introduced to Omar. Sharif. Sharif's character, who is my favorite. So good. He's so, so good in this scene. There's this beautiful shot where you just see him riding up slowly. Yeah, he's clothed completely in black and he's just riding up on the horse. I'm not going to lie. It reminded me a little bit of in Monty Python and the Holy Grail where you have the knight that's like far away running up and then it cuts and it's like he's far away running up again <laughs> and then he's far away running up and then suddenly he's right there. Have you ever seen the movie Kung Pao? I don't think so. But it's a beautiful character introduction. And it also plays with the idea that while Lawrence has read all about like the politics between the different tribes. And so mm-hmm. he understands that his guide and Ali are from different tribes that do not get along. He doesn't quite understand how that works in real life. Yeah. Like, he doesn't he, understand you can't drink from the other person's well. Yeah. Well, and especially like the whole thing, they they talk about this multiple times with the wells because it's a desert. Wells are very, very precious and having control of one is potentially the difference between life and death I for would, your tribe. I like, would say not potentially. Well, I would I, say 100%. I mean, potentially, because if you don't have control of one, you have to rely on other people yeah, who true. may or may not be kind enough to let you drink from theirs. Yeah. So it's hugely important, and the fact that they're fighting and that they drink from his well, Lawrence still seems so shocked when Ali kills the guy, or when the guy pulls a gun on Ali and Ali kills the guy. And it's like, well, Lawrence, like, supposedly knew all of the politics behind this, yet you still seem so shocked by it, and, like, so, like, he gives this, like, huge self-righteous speech which it's like we can all I don't ag- need you to preach to we me, can Lawrence. all agree the killing's bad but also Lawrence you're not in the position to be like talking this way right now and I think Ali had some really cutting lines he has some there great that lines. I loved and Ali doesn't kill him because he's like my fight's not with you because I think Lawrence is like I drank from the well too and he's like you can drink from it he can't yeah and he's like but why <laughs> and I'm just like dude pick up a little bit. You're a quick study, but apparently so horrendously principled that you're not willing to see what's in front of you. I don't know. Ugh, it's, I hate it's that. It's the naivete, and I feel like it sticks around too long, and I feel like because Lawrence never really faces a lot of personal consequence until much, much, much later in the mm-hmm. film, he doesn't ever really grasp it. Like He, he yeah. never really grasps the idea that he can understand these cultures all he wants to. He can be around them all he wants to. He still has not grown up in that culture and yeah. everything. And there's still a little bit of like an outsider element. Like he's he still goes back to English to England and goes back to like the way things kind of always yeah. were for him. And I think especially early on in the film, it's like, dude, you haven't even walked a step of the walk yet. Mm-hmm. 
this isn't the Lawrence who has been like fighting along these people alongside these people for ages and like leading them and stuff like that. Like this is the Lawrence who is like fresh off the camel. He fell off of because he has no idea how to ride, (laughs) like sitting there and lecturing somebody on like a pretty tense situation. I have no more. There was a lack of awareness there. There was a lack of awareness there that I do not 100% feel Lawrence ever grows out of as a character. And I think that annoyed me a lot. Not surprised. Now to pivot to like the construction visually of this scene, I think it was superb. So as Maggie said, the wide shot coming in with Ali on the uh, horse, beautiful. You had this kind of face-off setup where you had Lawrence on one side in this kind of light, topish military uniform Mm -hmm. and Ali on the other in his dark black robes. And that contrast was gorgeous with the like sky and the the desert in the background just kind of blocking them off in this way so that construction of the frame like comes back a couple times and i'm a sucker for it every time yeah beautifully framed shots maybe i'm banal for saying so but i don't really care (laughs) ali also challenges lawrence in that lawrence is like take me to faisal because faisal is ali's prince i believe so yes ali's like no (laughs) And he's like, then I'll find it myself. And Ali's like, how? And he's like, with this and holds up a compass, which I'm like, dude, don't show your hand to somebody who has been borderline kind of hostile to you. And then Ali just takes it from him and is like, what would you do if I took it? Like, what you going to do? And Lawrence is kind of like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, you don't. But he he doesn't show his fear, which I think Ali says something about my fear is my concern. Uh, And I'm like, that's great, Lawrence. But like. (laughs) <laughs> when you're lost Don't in the desert. Don't be an desert. idiot. Stop being an idiot. Have a little <laughs> bit of self-preservation. Yes. I think what annoys me is that Lawrence, the entire film has such a sense of superiority and like invincibility about himself. And then he never fails. So it just reinforces it constantly. Like he never truly fails in and any- He sort of does. He sort of does, but it never in a way that you're just like, no, that straight up- you failed a hundred percent. You have to completely reevaluate what you're doing, who yeah. you are. Like well, I, they tried to pull that in. I think they do, but never in a way that was satisfactory. Yeah, that like it with. never seemed to last any yeah. sort of emotional contemplation or change or like behavioral change he mm-hmm. underwent. Never seemed to last more than like two scenes. And I just to contrast that with another big historical episode epic we've had actually we can do it with two Mm -hmm. looking first at ben-hur most of that film is judah failing to like save his mom and his sister and he feels awful and guilty about it and it's like him failing to clear his name for so much of it so then by the end of it like he's so driven and it has informed so many decisions of his that it's completely changed his character like he Mm -hmm he becomes such a cynic and then kind of comes around again at the end when literally it takes an act of God to save his mom and his sister because he never could. And it completely changes his character again. Like that idea, another historical epic we've done gone with the wind. Literally the first like scene of that movie is Scarlett O'Hara being like, I'm going to get Ashley. She fails to get him the entire (laughs) film. She never gets him. But it informs so much of her decision-making process. Like, because she she doesn't get him, she marries these other people, which means that it changes her relationship with other characters. And she sometimes 
I don't know if we can quite call it growth. <laughs> but well, it, it's growth, maybe not in the direction we would have hoped. True. Like her character changes because of consequences of those decisions. Right. And like the final shot of the scene is her facing the biggest consequence when she's finally realized that she, she does love Fred <laughs> and it's too late. So I think those are two examples of like these big sweeping historical epics where you have characters whose failure is so important to their character development and it makes for these very interesting character mm-hmm. arcs. And I felt like because we weren't, I, we weren't getting the payoff of the small failures yeah. that I wasn't seeing the type of character arc that I so love. Well, and I wasn't invested in his success. No. In so, fact, there were times when I was like, fail, fail. It will be good didn't. for you. Because it's like, it, it builds up, uh, well, personally, it builds up my like of a character and relation to a character where it's like, okay, it's why, I can see you are human. You are. It's why most people prefer Batman to Superman. Mm, Cause of flaws. Cause of flaws. I love it. Makes them more relatable. So yeah, Lawrence had them, but by the time that he showed them, I didn't care. Um, <laughs> so the back half of him getting to King Faisal is him alone on his camel doing his thing, whatever. Getting so somber. Oh, did watching Singing. this movie make you thirsty? Like, no. I drink so much water <laughs> watching this movie and wine. I'm not going to lie. Mostly wine. But a lot um, of water. No, I drank so much water because I was just watching all these people walk through the desert with no water being really thirsty. And it just made me really, really thirsty. <laughs> my my, oh my sympathetic goodness. response. But he does get this kind of fun echoey singy scene where he's like, oh, echo, echo, echo. It's and a I'm fun like, scene, but practically so stupid. He's oh alone my gosh. in the I desert. I was like, dude, you're giving away your location. What are you doing? Uh, you and I both were like, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't. He happens to stumble upon another British, British guy. That shows up. And, and like that was like a fun exchange. I like when the other guy, the other British guy starts answering him back. And because of the echo, Lawrence doesn't know where he is and looks <laughs> concerned. And I'm like, yeah, you should have thought about that earlier, buddy. But anyway, we immediately get this. It's shown that the Bedouin tribe is under attack from what I now know was probably Turkish forces. Yes. For some reason, I thought it was British forces at first. And I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. No, Ian, that was several years before World War One when the British tried to colonize the area <laughs> oh my god we can't we cannot get Don't into get the history of colonization and that thing right now because you and i will go on for hours and i, I just literally can't. just listened to an episode about the authorization for use of military force that resulted from 9-11 and the implications that we're feeling 20 years later so i do not need to get onto this topic right now <laughs> i was gonna say i literally wrote papers in college for some money some of my international affairs classes that were like about the consequences of colonialization in like certain geographical areas around the world and like yeah so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the Turkish army is attacking this tribe with planes. It's technically like the Ottoman. Oh, you're Empire. right. You're right. It is so it would have been Empire under the Ottoman part. Empire. I think yes. calling it just my apologies. I mean, like the leadership was based in Turkey, but like you mm-hmm. know, you know what I it mean. is technically the Ottoman Empire. It's technically the Ottoman yes. Empire. And I actually loved the way that they introduced King Faisal in this because he was completely unafraid. And like charged okay, in and was like had his about... sword up and was like, I'm going to attack you airplane. And this like moxie and commitment and showing putting himself on the line. Like, I don't know. I really like I that. I think there's a very distinct difference in Faisal's character and Faisal's leadership oh. versus Lawrence's. Yes. It's a good is foil. Where Faisal 
he's brave and as you said has moxie and like is always on the front lines with his people but like talk about doing a good stoic but still conveying some emotion on phase like still conveying like hurt or sadness mm-hmm. alec guinness has it down peter o'toole at this stage in his career did not have it down there was a lot of grimacing was there anything but grimacing um sometimes there was looking off into the distance with a grimace on his face slight grimace but then we went like <laughs> full grimace a couple of times um yeah, I think it says in the credits, and I forgot to check on this, but it says in the credits, introducing Peter O'Toole. So I think this would have been, if not his first film, like his first big one for sure. I think it shows a little bit because I do like Peter O'Toole. There are some films of his that I absolutely love and I think he's phenomenal in. So I don't think it's, it's like a yeah. He's Peter just O'Toole. young he's and young. developing. He's young, which I guess is a great casting choice because so is Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's okay. But I don't know. King Faisal has some good lines. But like another one is like, my people aren't used to explosives and machines. And I'm yeah. like, oh. There's a great scene in so good. Faisal's tent where you have Faisal, one of his advisors, mm-hmm. Ali, Lawrence, and another in like the British character. But anyway, they're in the tent and the British officer is trying to convince Faisal to, what does he want him? It, he wants him to attack Aqaba, right? Yes. Yeah. And Faisal's basically like, we can't do that without the British support. And the British officer is like, well, you won't get the British support until you do it. And Faisal's like, but well, the, we the whole issue was the British had oh, what was the what was the line? It was talking about the British Navy, so you do what you please. Was that in that this scene? It, or was it that is partially later on? where Faisal's saying like, because of the strength of your navy, you can do whatever you want. We don't have that. Right. Basically, the British want him and his people to take a very big risk for them but they're not willing to offer the assistance up front. And their argument is that they don't have a way to supply them, but they would have a way to supply them if they get Aqaba. And he's like, but we can't get Aqaba without your supply. So it's basically this like giant catch-22. And Lawrence kind of starts to... He's been told to just sit there and listen. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, sit still, look pretty. Yeah, and but he inserts himself. He keeps like starting to talk and cutting himself off. And finally, Faisal's like, no, 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 I want to hear what he has to say. And there's a line where... The British officer asks Lawrence, who do you take your orders from? And Faisal's advisor says, from Lord Faisal in Faisal's tent. <laughs> and it's kind of this, like, check on the, like, the little bit of the British imperialist yeah. attitude that the one officer is giving of being, like... You're in our space. Yeah, like, you're not. you're in our space right now. So, like, like w- you are our guest. Yes, I love it. But really, this then comes up with Lawrence's first major folly that was not actually a folly, where he proposes crossing the uncrossable desert to get to Aqaba. Because his whole argument is that their guns only face the sea yes. because they think that that's the oh, only way they're going to yeah. get attacked. So that's the only direction. Highly fortified against the sea, which is why the British uh, Navy can't get there. Right. But the as, as Lawrence puts it, the 12-inch guns aren't pointed toward the land. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. Oh my goodness, this is, uh, you're making decisions, you're playing with other people's lives and you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. I will give it to Lawrence that he does go in himself. Yes, He is always on the front that. line. That is, that I will give that to Lawrence is that he always goes himself, he's always on the front line. So he does risk himself too, but he is also asking people to do something very dangerous. There is, I can't, I don't have written down who says it, so I think it's either Ali or Faisal, but someone says to Lawrence, you are another one of these desert-loving English, and I, I think it was really, Ali. Is it Ali? 
It probably is. He has all the best lines. He really does. Oh, it's and, so good. And delivery. His the the writing around. I mean, the writing in general around dialogue is very good. But in particular, Faisal and Ali's mm-hmm. dialogue is very very well written. They just both have really good one liners. Um, but I like that line because it's kind of calling Lawrence out on his romantic romanticization. Romanticized view. Romanticizing of the Arabian Desert. Mm-hmm. And of the cultures that live there and are from there and the idea of – I think it's something that, like, people in general are just prone to doing. It's, like, the idea that you remember the good and not the bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, how people a lot of times will talk about, like, the past. As if it were an amazing thing for everybody and it was so quaint and we yeah. loved it when in reality it was a hellscape oh. for so many folks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's always been, like, that top – level of society that Mm -hmm. had the really great time and honestly even then like personally i don't want to go back to medieval times even if it means i'm a princess like everything smelled i like my shower yeah like i'm a real big fan of indoor plumbing i like indoor plumbing and and no bubonic plague plague. (laughs) (laughs) like you know what i mean like it's one of those things that i think everybody does it i i do it like i love 40s fashion and everything but it i would it's still an idea i would never want to like i'm aware that as much as i like might romanticize an era in history in reality i probably don't want to have actually lived it Oh, agreed. Yeah, Completely. so I I like that line. I think it's a very important line for Lawrence's character, even though mm-hmm. I don't think Lawrence grasps exactly what he's oh, being he told. Because you know what he does? Continues to romanticize. Yeah, he goes and like huffs off in the middle of the night to the middle of the desert, and is just like, I'm gonna sit here and think all night. Oh yeah, he like won't sleep. Oh my god, he does this multiple times where he just has the blank look on his face and won't respond to he anybody the, saying anything. He does the thing where it's like, no, leave me alone. Ugh. But like. Pay me attention. <laughs> you know, have you ever have you ever had that friend that will like huff off and be like, I don't want to talk about it, but you're like, no, you really want to talk about it, don't you? Like you can just tell. I may or may not have been that person. I don't do it often, but there has been at least two times where I've done that with Patrick. And I'm like, Well, Sorry. I get it. Sometimes it's like there's something that like you don't want to talk about, but you also really want to talk about it because you're uh-huh. like, I need to talk about it. But like Lawrence does it a lot. A lot. He's very huffy. Oh, yes. We had another film where our main our male lead was very huffy, and I can't remember when it was. He sure wasn't Ben Hur with his like weird jaw jet thing. No, he was just angry. (laughs) Judah was just angry. (laughs) But yeah, the two orphan boys followed him out, throw a rock at him, and he's finally like, I have it. Eureka, the apple fell from the desert. No, Lawrence, you've been contemplating this for hours. You didn't Uh, just come up with that. Well, you know. Under King Faisal's nose, going to take people and cross the desert and take Akaba. Lawrence is that guy at a party that you're like, oh, he's kind of hot. I'm going to go talk to him. And then you go talk to him. And you're like, oh, oh, no, I've made a mistake. Well, hey, he does say that he's about to go work King Faisal's miracle. Lawrence has a God complex. He does. He has and a God I think complex. It's so he has a Messiah complex. And Ollie fucking calls him out on it later. And I'm like, Dolly, this is why you're the best. Not going to lie. Like, my initial thought here was like, oh, are we going to have a white savior movie now? Of course we are. I'm like, okay. And you're going to put him in white. Okay. Good choice. Yep. Yep. On brand. Well, okay. <laughs> I was going to say with the whole like putting the good guy in white, I don't know. Maybe there are like racial undertones to that that I never thought about. Cause I was like, it goes back to those like where you always had like the black hat and the white hat in the Western movies, but usually oh, no, both see, the villain and the. I was thinking more of the like stereotypical 
you're thinking white like the Christian depiction of like Jesus. Oh, interesting. I went towards cowboy westerns. I mean, that works, and I think yours is probably more grounded in the influences of the director. But <laughs> but no, you're not wrong. Yeah, um, they in the like the white robes and a little bit of a like Christ-like depiction. Yep, and like the gold kind of. It, it takes like he has to go and save. We'll get to that. Anyway, He's not in the he has yet, a god but. complex, and I don't like it. Yeah, agreed. But it makes me like Ali more when he later calls him out on it, and I was just like, man, Ali, this is this is why you are like the best character in this film. Just call it like it is, but in a usually fairly nice way. There was never a comment that Ali said to Lawrence that I was like, mm, that was a bit hard. Oh, never. Never, never, never. It was like he needed to hear it. Always did. So the first part of the trip is across this desert's fairly uneventful. It's They get to an oasis. Apparently the two orphan boys who are like, we want to be your servant. Lawrence. Yeah, like follow them. They and get caught. There's a pretty oasis. Yeah. Lawrence there. basically like hires them. First chilling like a week each. total. Oh, I thought it was total. Well, first off, the one kid's like a shilling a week, and then the guy who caught them like looks at Lawrence. He's like, "Yeah, that's standard." Like, and then the guy, the boy goes each, and he likes like, "That's not standard." <laughs> <laughs> but I think Lawrence agrees to pay it anyway. Uh, but anyway, this there was a lot more of really pretty. I wanted more relationship but... between like Lawrence and those two characters. Like, yeah, he was really torn up when they died. Spoiler alert for like a scene. Like, literally, while he saw their dead body. And then he forgot about them and just went and, like... Berserk? Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll get to that in part two. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that more in part two. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, he'd be, like, really broken up for a bit, but I was like, this doesn't seem to have changed, like, the way you operate at all. Like, it didn't make him more hesitant to put people he cared about in danger. Oh, absolutely. And Which I would have... Ex- he didn't really care about his guide yet kind of put him in danger now he's putting 50 other riders in danger so once we get past the the railway i mean marks, well and we said like he's putting those other riders in danger like they are Ali, coming along ollie did back but... his plan ollie went to faisal faisal okayed it so like it's not just lawrence being like well, all of faisal you sort of okayed it faisal was like i'm not super <laughs> happy about this but like ollie says y'all are doing it so <laughs> oh my goodness he's like if you already have basically faisal was like well if these guys have already agreed to go who am I and to like, keep you here? Yeah. You're the king, but anyway. And Lawrence's whole argument is that, like, if he and 50 of Faisal's men go, like, others will join them from, like, other tribes. Mm-hmm. And Faisal's like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Because Lawrence's uh, big thing is he's like, if we can unite all the tribes, you're a much greater force and a much bigger threat to the Turks. Yes. They're going on their travel. They have this beautiful tension building scene with the music and a little dust devil. They're in the desert. They're doing their thing. Oh, no. They come across rocks. The music gets really. There are people walking barefoot on those rocks. And I was like, they were big rocks. And then I had like a bit of time where I was sitting there trying to decide like whether or not I would hate having to wear sandals in the desert. And I was like, oh, there'd be sand between your toes all the time. And then I was like, "Mm, but wouldn't it be so much worse to be wearing like tennis shoes or something? I just had like a little bit of like a... A crisis of what footwear to wear in like the Sahara? Yeah. (laughs) A situation I will likely never be in. But anyway, I decided that actually I think sandals would be the best case scenario. You know, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Everything else just seemed like you would take longer to get sand in, but it would be so much worse once you got sand in, which you inevitably would. Yes. Yeah. All the way. I'm, I'm there for the, the sandals. You so, can cut that entire bit out if you wanted to. That was just like a little bit of where my brain went. I may leave it in. We'll see. Um, 
Okay, so anyway, they're traveling in the desert. We get some additional character development of Lawrence where he's fucking shaving with And Ali's like, why are you doing this? Yeah, with the most precious commodity. And then that's too where he like refuses to sleep because Ali's like, okay, well, we need to rest because they're hitting the point where it's so hot. Yeah, where they're about to go over, what did they call it? The sun's anvil. The sun's anvil where like you move at night and then you rest for like three or four hours during the hottest part of the day yep. and then you move and they basically have to get across it in a certain amount of time because there is no water there and they will run out of water after a certain amount of time. So they have a limited window to cross mm-hmm. this and Lawrence mm-hmm. is in there well, shaving the with their water. Well, start dying too. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Because the camels I don't think are drinking. That's the other piece. So anyway, they are under the clock. And Lawrence is using <sighs> water to shave. And they get And then he's like, I won't sleep. Decisions are interesting. So they're getting most of the way it's across. It's that person who like is like in- continually like pushes themselves super, super hard on the hike because they're like, No, I can do it. I'm super impressive. And then they, and then they get sick and then they basically <laughs> like ruin it for the rest of the group because now the rest of the group is like, Man, if you just like paste yourself <laughs> And the whole rest of the group is being like, are we going to have to carry them back? I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that. So we get a lot of shots of them riding camels. Mm-hmm. A lot of shots of them riding They're camels. really pretty. Do we need quite so many? Maybe not. They finally make it to the other side of the sun's anvil, but oh no, somebody was left behind. And they kind of foreshadowed a little bit earlier when Lawrence is like falling asleep on his camel uh-huh. because he didn't sleep earlier like an idiot. And he says, I was thinking, okay. And asshole. Ollie like hits him with the like camel crop <laughs> and is like, wake up, wake up. But yeah, this dude has fallen off. There's, I, I want to say there was a, just a camel that they had yeah, that had no rider on Yeah, they see like it. his camel and they recognize his camel. And I was thinking to myself, oh yeah, so see, Lawrence, your decisions have consequences. Mm-hmm. But no, he has to go back and get them. This, it's one of those things he where you're He's the like, luckiest fucking person. Yes. It's, it's the idea that you're like, you want, I want to like him because like the fact that he is like wants, here's what it is. Lawrence doesn't truly believe that he can die. Lawrence doesn't think it's really a risk for him because he tells Ali he's like. Nothing is written. He's like, or Ali's Ugh. like, no one would survive that. And he's like, I'll survive it. And Ali's like, I hate this. I, I, why? Why are you the way you are? Because Ali's not super into <laughs> Lawrence at this point. <laughs> but Ali's oh like, my. like he agrees to go with Lawrence, but he's not like super no, friendly Ali, with Lawrence at this Ali point. Ali like doesn't go with. No, no, no. I meant like on the. Journey oh, to Agaba. Oh, oh, gotcha, like, gotcha, you know, gotcha. like they're not super tight at this point. And if Lawrence had been like, no, I have to go after back after this guy because it's the right thing to do. I may die. I will probably die. But like, I cannot leave him. I would like him so much more than it being like, I'm going to go get him because I can't die. I'm Lawrence. Like that. I was like, you are it's not invincible. Much. Exactly. Like, and I he wanted- doesn't think. Well, and he. I wanted him to acknowledge the risk and acknowledge that like what Ali was telling him wasn't bullshit because the way he treats Ali in that scene is like, you foolish man. No one's ever survived it because no one's ever been me. Hashtag not like other girls. Like, (laughs) and the reason I say hashtag not like other girls is because the, when you most often see that trope, it's in like a romantic comedy. I don't think you need to explain yourself. I just, I wanted to because like it's, it's important. That's fair. Then do it. Thank you. But um, anyway, that that would have made me like it's a very small thing that would have made me much more pro Lawrence uh-huh. than what actually happened. Oh yeah. So anyway, we get a l- long sequence of shots 
where we see the one stray rider like this gradually stripping. beautiful oh my god there was, was no score amazing. for most of it there was no sc- score or very little score like you just heard the shuffling of his feet against the sand as he would like take off like a piece of clothing or like a belt mm-hmm. or something and he got the intensifying shots of the sun overhead it was so Ugh. washed out except for like his super parched face mm-hmm. and like his uh darker colored robes like against just like this white sand that just looked so arid and awful and you would just get like a little bit of a low drum uh-huh it was Ooh, that's Beautiful. Se- that sequence is just like, ooh, and the one so shot good. that stands out in my mind is it, it. You have I can't remember if it was, was one of the orphans or um, Lawrence himself on a camel on the kind of the right third of the screen. I think it's one of like the it's boys. It's a low shot, and you get him taking. It is one of the boys. It's one of the boys because he takes off like running this camel towards something that you don't know for sure yet, except you know because there are two more hours to this movie that it's Lawrence. <laughs> Maggie just full body eye rolled. Oh my god, um, <laughs> how great would it have been though if Lawrence didn't come back and then like suddenly this movie takes like a whole different turn? Be like in Scream when they killed Drew Barrymore at the beginning. <laughs> just dropping that in the middle of an unrelated podcast. Episode. Have you heard our podcast? <laughs> uh, anyway, we're psycho when Marion Crane, your like main character, died oh, like, yeah. halfway through. That's a better reference. That's what we've actually covered on this part. That's a better reference. So anyway, Lawrence is saved because one of his not servant servant boys has come to find him, bring him back. They're good. And, and he my saves note the guy. here is literally, fuck you, Lawrence. You did not deserve to find him. Well, you're kind of like, I mean, like, you're glad the guy didn't die. I but am. also you're like, now Lawrence thinks he's even more invincible than Lawrence already thought he was. Exactly. And so everybody is... Like, oh, my God, this guy guy just did this amazing risky thing. That's when thing. Lawrence now has everyone's unquestionable respect. Yes. And this is where you get, like, a really – it was I liked this scene where he passes out and then Ali burns his clothes, like his British army uniform. Yeah, and they give him the traditional dress. Yes. It is white. <laughs> or off-white. It's kind of – I like the idea of – having Ollie in all black and Lawrence in all white because all I mean Ollie's never really framed as a bad guy except for maybe at the beginning of his introduction mm-hmm. when he like kills Lawrence's guide but I it one it makes both of those two characters pop on screen because it nobody does. else is dressed in like such saturated monochromatic outfits mm-hmm. so it really makes the two of them pop on scene and especially in those big crowd scenes which i think is important oh yeah it makes um, them stand out it's it is a good costume and, choice. but it also kind of contrasts them a bit because mm-hmm. like they are different like they are different personalities in a lot of ways like but it, did it need to be so squeaky clean and bleached it gets not squeaky clean and then it gets squeaky clean again Ugh. Ugh. even more fun if it just got like more and more dirty, <laughs> dirty and ratted as Lawrence goes more and more into insanity, which we will talk about in part two. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah. But alas. Okay, so they, they've they like made it past the desert. They saved him. There's like this They're scene well. of Lawrence looking at his reflection in a knife. It goes on so long. I think I had a note. You know what I thought when that happened? Um, what do you think? I was like, Maggie can relate to this. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you. Other movie, I don't make like moviegoers watch me as I like look at my reflection in a store window, Ian. I just use my own life for that. I'm not taking up anybody else's time. 
No, but I did actually, there was a bit where I was like, man, Florence is so just like vain or something. I was like, oh, he just thinks he knows everything like in that everybody should listen to him and all of this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, says the girl who has a podcast. I was like, hey. oh God. <laughs> maybe I didn't like, maybe I saw too much of myself in Lawrence. That's I didn't see true. anything of myself in Lawrence. I thought you were going to say I didn't see anything of you in Lawrence. And I was about to be like, oh, that's so sweet. And then you did that. <laughs> No, I'm 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 just self-centered right now. Oh, there we go. No, I, I see do. some of myself in Lawrence. I'm self-centered. <laughs> there we go. No, I do like I I'm not gonna lie, I like new clothes. And there is the bit where he's playing with the robes in the wind that, was, that I, I actually like, liked. In that bit, I was like, Yeah, that would that would be me. That's me if I have like a a dress on. I'm like, does it float in the wind? Ugh. It actually made me think of my vintage robe that you and Lola gave me. <laughs> awesome. Um, but like it went on a little too long yeah but then we get so they've been camped at a well and the owner of the well this theme comes up again it'll come up a third time is he's basically like you can't drink from our well you need to leave pour and out it's your him water and just his son and because remember there's 50 men with lawrence and ollie yeah something like that so we come to find out and my apologies for butchering this name Auda, i think is how you pronounce it. it he's one of the tribe leaders yes. it's it's his tribe's well and this is where he and, he and ali are always kind of at odds they are but we get a lecture by lawrence that helps cut the tension and i'm like why so it's one of those iffy things where you're like this character's not right but like it also just feels a little icky that an outsider is lecturing to other people on their own culture. Like, I mean, he's he's right that, like, the infighting will keep them from being able to, like, claim autonomy from the Turks. Like, he's yeah. right about that. But, like, also... Is it your place to really lecture them It's a little icky that he's, like, lecturing them about their culture because, like, he... While he may may have read about it like he, he probably doesn't, doesn't fully it. understand like, well it's clear he doesn't understand yeah, it like, like he doesn't understand the relationships like between these two peoples and kind of why it's it's one of those kind of like kind of icky things yeah it really is and i mean that continues through this next set of scenes so we get an continues through the rest of the movie frankly well yeah but it's even it's it's at its worst when it's like naive lawrence doing it yes. and not like battle hardened has been around for a while mm-hmm. lawrence doing it which is also icky but like not quite as icky because he's at least been walking some of the walk exactly so out ultimately invites them for dinner we get a beautiful introduction of them riding into the camp oh can we first though talk about the exchange between Alda and ali oh of course because Alda knew ali's dad it like comes out there and he says yeah they are like kind of like talking about it and everything and Alda says i knew your father well and ali says do you know your own oh. <laughs> the sass level damn i was like oh snap <laughs> okay like, oh my good. god it's like casual. Sh- I was like, the, oh, them's fighting words. But then they didn't <laughs> fight. Instead, they got invited to dinner, which, which I was hey, like, that's respect. <laughs> Except then at dinner, Lawrence has the audacity to insult Alda. And it's like, oh, who, is it, isn't it the servant that takes the money from the Turks? 
that's the line that I'm specifically thinking of. Cause like out is doing his whole chest beating. Like I'm an important person that serves and for my people and I get 150 gold. Pe- well, he said a hundred. It's like a know your audience. Lawrence. Exactly. And he obviously doesn't and somehow convinces him to join. Uh, Akaba. Yeah. To go take Akaba. And I'm like, why are people following you when you don't have persuasion skills? But, like, apparently he does, but, like, I'm not seeing. It's one of those things where I'm, like, clearly this character has charisma because he's getting all of these people to follow him. I would not be, I would not be, have been, like, persuaded to follow this guy. No, not at all. And so that's where I'm kind of just, like, given this whole movie side eye because... I think, that's I, a, that, I think that's a you and me personality thing. Though, it probably Because you is. and I are both people that like the minute somebody starts trying to get us to do something that we're not inclined to do, we're like, you know what? I didn't care before, but now I'm doubling down. <laughs> it's like the one time in like ninth grade, I said I didn't really like Emily Dickinson and everybody like in my English class pitched a fit about it. And I was like, you know what? Now I hate her. Oh my God. Do you really hate Emily Dickinson? I couldn't care less. Like I, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I, okay. I will take apathy over derision. It's, it's an, (laughs) it's really more that like, she's not my cup of tea. I'm apathetic towards her, but people made a really big deal out of me being apathetic towards her. So like, fine. You know what? (laughs) You were entitled to be apathetic. Totally entitled. I'm I'm entitled to my apathy. Exactly. You're not apathetic, but it's about one. That. But I think I think it's like the the minor element of personality where we're like the minute somebody like who isn't an expert starts talking like they're an expert, no. <laughs> so somehow, 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 the tribes have joined forces and they're going to go take Akabad. It's a tenuous, alliance. very tenuous, because the same night that we they see actually exactly get how there, tenuous. One of the men from Faisal's camp shoots one of the men from Aldous. Yep. And it's a whole and dude. there is kind of a line where Lawrence is like, but why did he do it? And again, stressing that Lawrence doesn't get the nuances of this tenuous piece and the relationship between these two groups. And it doesn't he's, matter why. They tell it him. They're happens. like, it doesn't matter. They're like, uh, he stole something. He didn't like him. It's a blood feud. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it just, it happened. Yeah. And you see, you have the camp physically split between the two sides. And they're basically like, well, the punishment is death, but if Auda's people killed the guy, then Faisal's people are not going to be okay with that. But like, Auda's people demand reprisal. Like, it's it's like a very it is, will only escalate into basically. There's no way to solve it except for the one solution that Lawrence proposes. He's like, okay, well, I'm neither. So I will carry out the execution, and then it's done. Like, it's over. And then he realizes that it's the guy he saved from the desert, which... Consequences, Lawrence. Fucking consequences. I got so excited for a second because I was like, this is going to have such an impact on Lawrence. I was like, he's going to slide into an existential crisis of being like, do my actions really even matter? And like, was I... Should I have left the guy there? And like, is it always... Like, I was like, he's going to start questioning everything. And like, this is going to be so good. Nothing. He cried in that scene and then never brought it up again. He no, also, I think once he says he killed a man. He, he he didn't even double tap. He like shot six goddamn times. Yeah. That was I mean, it comes back later lot. probably why and then we go into where this could have very much become a thriller. Ooh. Um Ooh. Yeah. Uh That's but, an uh, interesting read. It's it's kind of like alluded to like once or twice, but like I never 
it didn't seem like it had enough of an impact. Agreed. On his character. Although I really did love Alda's line at the end where it comes to light that this guy was saved from the desert. And I was like, oh, it was written then. Yeah, because Lawrence's whole thing was like, it's not written. I write it. Like it's yeah, you basically do. basically the like individualistic kind of yes. I make my own destiny. And versus your destiny is predetermined. Exactly. Um, whereas Alda's like, oh, it was written. And it's kind of, but Lawrence isn't even around to hear it. Killed me. Killed me. And then we get a scene that I wish had gone on longer slash been more detailed. This is the one I think I know which one you're talking about when I was like, man, I wish you'd spent like clipped a little bit of those like long languishing shots. Is and, it the like, one where they're going into Aqaba and taking over the city and I want more action? That one too. There was also, a, maybe it was earlier, there was like a dialogue sequence that I wanted to Oh no, it was not too. a dialogue one. This was when they were actually taking Aqaba. Yeah, this one too, where I was like all excited for this big blowout fight. And it's a long shot of just a bunch of horses riding through a city, yeah. but like well, not actually. But and you like hear like guns, and, you and then get the guns some stop. like close up action shots. And this is where I think the editing really did shine with they where the way they were able to like switch from seeing the scale of the scene to the individual inhabitants getting mowed down yeah. by this this cavalry basically it it's very fast though it and is. like it felt because they'd been i think because they'd been like setting up for it setting up for it setting up i expected for it. so much more payoff yeah when like i am not one of those people who like like i don't like a marvel movie that half the movies a cgi fight sequence like that's not what i want but like this when was like three minutes ish, probably less. Like the they've just been building up to this. They've been talking about how hard it is to take Akaba. Like it's just and been just so built in. up that it just it felt a little anticlimactic. Yes. Again, shots were beautiful, and the way that they ended on the shot of the large anti-ship guns pointed mm-hmm. toward the sea, like. I really appreciated how they kind of bookend, like, that is how they ended yeah. the taking of Akaba because it's like, okay, look at these useless guns. <laughs> I know, but Lawrence is right. I don't like when Lawrence is right. Uh, well, you know, he's right. He's right the whole movie, so now I know I, I don't. <laughs> and it bothers me. Um, I want a flawed character who fails and is wrong sometimes. But also succeeds in the end? Yes. Please. Yeah, but I want it to be... A difficult journey. But anyway, we and finally... Like, yeah, and, like, I will recognize, like, Lawrence goes through some, like, emotional turmoil, but, like, Ian and I said, it never seems to last super long, and it never affects the way... It never really affects the way he acts. Yes. Yes. Like, I never felt like any of his changes were permanent. I never thought that <sighs> as as thoughtful as he looked staring out into that ocean, I didn't think it yeah. had left that much of an impression on him. Agreed. So yeah, he ends this whole scene by being like on the beach in the ocean Which, on his camel. I at was like, sunset. I was, the beach is right next to the gates of Akaba too, and I was like, you couldn't have just walked out. And then I was like, I don't know, maybe he just doesn't want to get in the ocean. But then he gets off his camel later and is like, but in maybe the he ocean. just wants to be on the camel because he's playing at being a maybe. member of this Bedouin tribe. Well, and you get the iconic shot of him on the camel with the sunset and the sea Which in the is background. Gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's shot. So pretty to look at, and you get like a nice sequence between him and. Ollie, where Ollie's yeah. like, dude, why are you sad? You did the thing you said Here's you were going to do. Here's a wreath of flowers for celebration. I like that he just like throws it at him. He's like, here you go. <laughs> just made me like him more. Yeah. It's like a nice moment there, but Lawrence is still being really sulky. Yeah. I can't stand it. He's both not sulky enough and too sulky. It's one note, I it's think, is the problem. It's surface level sulk. It's, and it's one note sulk. I want soul suck. Like, sulk. Soul sucking sulking. Soul sulk. Soul sulk. <laughs> Dang it. 
You guys know what I mean. Yes. We want to see genuine soul searching and contemplation. Yeah, I never, it never felt super genuine. Yeah. I think that's my biggest issue with it, too. Yeah. So. Well, I think this marks the end of the first part of our episode for Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, so, so we've seen Lawrence be naive and not really understand. Um, we've seen make him... Make mistakes and not grow from them. <laughs> make mistakes that like didn't have really any big consequences to him personally. Maybe a little of emotional turmoil. Literally 30 but seconds. But emotional turmoil that is going to feel vindicated... Or that is going to make his actions feel vindicated because, like, he was technically right. <laughs> so that's where Ugh. we are. We are we are here at the end of quote Act One. Yeah, we're taking some with liberty Lawrence's with where we split this film, but giant ego. <laughs> well, because I think I think after that point, we do see some things that start to be like what I'm going to call it technically character development because I think you and I never felt it was like very substantial or mm-hmm. really stuck at the end of the movie, but which like you could arguably say. Yeah. is, is more character. development. Yeah. is more development. Dark Lawrence. Yes. Agreed. So for part two, we will be releasing it more quickly than our usual every other week episode, because that would be like super mean to be like, here's part one. <laughs> Wait two weeks for part two. Um, so, so be on the lookout. This, this is week. dropping Saturday, Sunday, I guess, depending on mm-hmm. when Ian's able to edit. So we will probably be releasing part two on like Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. So be on the lookout. Yeah. So in the meantime, in those like three days um we know if you miss us us, (laughs) you can find us on social media we are at best pictures pod on instagram and twitter we are also best pictures podcast at gmail.com if you have any more long form stuff i have a feeling we're gonna get some arguments for why we were not appreciative enough of this particular (laughs) gem which i'm happy to read i'm happy to read Uh, this was one that i went into knowing that we might have unpopular opinions on but yeah it's because we're not like other Movie not like other <laughs> and on that line oh, no. <laughs> we lawrenced it <laughs> so with that i'm gonna say catch us in a couple days for part two of lawrence of arabia